Hey designer, Kate Bendewald here. Do you know about Designers Oasis and the template shop? I'm so excited to share with you the new eDesign toolkit with everything you need to confidently offer a luxury eDesign experience for your clients. Let's be honest, eDesign has inherent pitfalls, like can you actually trust your client's measurements and how do you charge for your eDesign services? I'll give you a hint, I charge the exact same rate as I do for full service clients. The eDesign toolkit covers all of this. In the toolkit, you'll receive my own lawyer-vetted legal agreement for eDesign services, an $800 value, hello, a take-and-tweak explanation of eDesign services that you can use on your website or when you're talking to interested clients. Also included is a detailed overview of our eDesign workflow. You can use it as is or customize it with your own ideas. Perhaps my favorite part of the toolkit is the fully customizable and brandable client homework kit that you can send your client with instructions on how to measure, how to take inventory of existing items, and more. You guys, you have to make this as easy on your clients as possible, and this toolkit has everything you need to do just that. It is this process and this toolkit, which is exactly why I'm able to charge top dollar for this luxury e-design service, and you can too. And as a bonus, you'll get a recording of the live training we did a few months ago, where I go into detail on how I provide my clients a seamless e-design experience. All right, head over to designersoasis.com forward slash shop right now to pick up the e-design toolkit. And exclusively for our podcast listeners, you can get 10% off with the code eDesign10. Don't worry if you're driving, we'll link it in the show notes. Again, that's designersoasis.com and use the code eDesign10. All right, now on to the show. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design businesses and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. This is episode 40, Q&A session number four, Ask Us Anything. Good afternoon, Leslie. How are you? Kate, I've missed you. Good We're afternoon. Back. I know. Gosh, it has been like infinity years of yep. not getting to do this and being quarantined. And, you know, we've all been through similar stuff. I know it hasn't been easy for anybody, but girl, I am glad you are in your new home oh and God. we are back at it for season four. I am so excited to be back, and I don't know if the microphone picked that up, but just like probably many of the podcasts you're listening to, there are people recording from home. (laughs) We all have a new normal, and so I am recording from home. I have two kids at home, just like a lot of people, and um, so, you know, it's just life. They're a part of my life. They're here, Um, and so that's just going to be the way it is, at least until they get back and in, back into school. Um, so, you know, it, it's a lot of perspective has happened over the last few weeks, but we're going to talk more about that next week because we're going to da- download what the last couple of months have lo- looked like for us. But I just ask you guys to bear with us as we, you know, keep pushing forward with this podcast and, um, 
answering your questions and hopefully talking about topics that are pretty timely for, for everyone in our industry right now. Yeah, I know we've gotten a lot of questions that have come in over the last couple months, and understandably so. Everything, everything has changed in the world, in business, Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot that Kate and I are learning, which I know she mentioned we'll dive into that more in next week's episode, but we're hoping we can help you guys with some perspective and answer a few questions today. It's going to be fun. I love these episodes. It's so nice to hear from you guys all the time. Yeah, I... uh... Leslie takes care of getting all of those questions put into the spreadsheet. She's really diligent about that. And I couldn't believe I opened it up the other day. I was like, Oh my gosh, we have so many questions. Where do we start? But we um, tried to pick some questions that we feel are relevant to kind of where we are right now. Um, particularly around business development and just making the most of your, your efforts. So yeah, without further ado, should we dive in? Let's do it. All right. So this first question comes from Stevie. And Stevie, I'm going to guess Stevie's a girl. I had a girlfriend in high school named Stevie. She was super cool. Um, Stevie, if you're a gentleman, I apologize. Um, She's not. She's a girl. Okay. Even email and she's cool. You have her. (laughs) All right, Stevie. Um, What are your thoughts on referral program websites? are they worth the cost? Um, so to be fair, we, we specifically took out the names of the referral programs that, um, she was asking about, um, just because we don't want to, you know, uh, smear any brand's name or image. Um, but we do want to be able to give our own very candid thoughts about our personal experience, um, today, and hopefully just encourage you to, um, you know, if, if, if you feel strongly about it, go ahead and try it out. There's no harm in trying something. There's lots of things that we've tried that didn't work out and very many things that did work out. So you, there's only one way to find out and that's, that's to try it. So, um, Leslie, I, I'll ask you first, have you used any referral programs? And I just want to be clear for the people listening, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, these are generally websites that, where you become part of a database of designers and there's, there's many different kinds, um, out there. Um, and so I, I hope that's clear that that's what we're, we're talking about. Um, it's, it's basically a way to get you in front of a potential new clients and you can take it from there and you usually pay a fee. Um, the fee structures are all over the place from monthly to annual to, you know, based on the referrals that you get. So and that's what we're talking about. Um, and I, I think that's pretty clear. So have you ever used a referral program like that where well, there was yeah, a fee associated with, you know, paying for it? That That's a great question. I said, yeah, quickly, but let me sort of expand on that. So to sort of um, further clarify what Kate was talking about, we don't want, again, we don't want to use names, but these would be websites, like she said, where you have a profile. Sometimes you can have a free profile as a designer, and then you can usually upgrade to pay and consumers, homeowners go to these sites to get home ideas, decorating ideas, and to connect with design professionals. Thanks. So that makes things real clear. <laughs> thank you. Yes. So there are many of these websites. Um, I get emails and calls all the time from sites like this wanting to have me pay for a profile. Mm-hmm. I will say that I have not to this point paid for a featured profile on any of these sites. I do have 
a free designer profile on Mm -hmm. one of these big sites for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've done some of the slightly lesser known ones because some of them you have to pay to play. But Mm -hmm. one one of the big guys, you can have a free profile as a designer. Now, I have heard this question asked over and over in designer Facebook groups and design communities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I always feel like 99% of the respondents say, it's not worth it. It didn't work for me. And then there's one unicorn designer who's like, (laughs) that's amazing. All of our leads come from X website and we love it. And it's worth every penny. And without having paid for it myself, I I just want to interrupt and say, I have had the very same experience looking at the the comments back. So I don't, she's not lying. Unicorn designers, God bless you. That's amazing. You're getting a great ROI on this. Yeah. If we are strictly looking at my not scientific research (laughs) and the numbers on the whole, it doesn't seem like for most designers, the return on investment is worth the investment. However, a lot of that has to do with what city you're in, how saturated is your market, or how far away from a city are you? And do you have clients near you who are looking, potential clients near you? What is the budget you are spending to be promoted? What do promotions look like? So like Kate said earlier, this isn't your profile strength, you know, if you yeah, I was encouraged to get reviews, which was really helpful. And I'm glad that I was encouraged to do mm-hmm. that. Um, but, you know, those designers who are getting great references, you know, they, maybe they have super strong profiles. So I think to your point is there's a lot of factors that can go into why it could or could not work yeah. for you. Is Where I answer, think they're going to be real vague at the end of this. <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. There paying for a profile, paying for a featured listing or leads on one of these referral websites for design professionals is one way you can spend your marketing dollars. Where I think it's problematic is when designers expect this one source to be their golden goose, Mm. to put all their eggs, lots of egg references today, all their eggs, all their (laughs) goose eggs in one basket and expect that to be the singular point of return of new clients. If you have the budget to invest in one of these sites and you, you know, you've tested the waters, you think it might be a good fit, then I could see it potentially being part of an overall paid marketing strategy, but without giving advice, cause I won't do that. It's your money. It's your business. Personally, I would not spend all of my monthly advertising budget on one of these sources. Mm-hmm. I would also look into social media ads and other paid promotions and kind of spread my dollars around. Right. So yeah, I, said, I haven't actually tried it. I'm only going by what I have heard from other designers through the interior design grapevine, right. but I, I don't get the sense it would be a good fit. The few leads I have gotten through sites like this have all, they've, they've never gone anywhere, not even to a consultation call or anything like that. Yeah. But you? Um, I have, I definitely the big player I have done a, um, I did an annual contract. Wait, isn't that how I found you in Waco? Because when I searched for you on that platform, no, I was, I was on, well, I Googled, I found you. Well, it was on that particular website. You came up ahead of me and I was like, who is this other Waco designer that I haven't heard of? And why is she beating me in search results? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so silly. I know. Cause I had just signed up for the year, um, maybe like six months before that. And so I had to get them to help me change things so that I would appear in that, um, 
new region. So anyway, apparently it worked. Anywho. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my, my personal experience with that one platform. Um, it was very similar. I got, I almost instantly started getting lots of leads, so many leads. Really? <laughs> yes. And I was like, wow, this is, this is great. Do you want to know how many of them converted to like real paying high quality clients? I bet it's a goose egg if we're going to go with that Zero. analogy. Zero. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't, and I can't explain it. I don't know. I don't know what it, why this is. I just don't understand why this is. Cause it, to me, it made so much sense. It seemed like it was a no brainer. One of the great, like fancy schmancy, always getting published designers here in Denver. You know, they, you know, one of my competitors, they were like, she's been with us for seven years, you know, I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> so I, um, I did it for a year and I was paying monthly. Um, but I was, I was in a contract. Um, but yeah, it was, it was people like, can you help me with some drapes? I'm like, no, you want to do your whole room. Call me back. Or like, I need to totally refresh my room, but I want to use my existing furniture. <laughs> no. <laughs> Or I have a kitchen renovation. Can you help me do that? And by the way, my budget's $10,000. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I just don't get, I just don't understand the, the, um, I, I don't know why I can't explain it, but that was my experience. And I've heard a lot of others have had the same experience, but like Leslie said, you know, there's so many different factors and that's not to say that you can't crush it <laughs> with, um, some of these. So that's just simply my experience. Um, my, my one, um, sort of theory behind it is that this particular, uh, referral program website encourages you on my designer profile or your design, whoever's profile to call now. And so there's this, um, or, or email now they have the choice to call or email now, but it's, it's this call to action to call now. And to me, it feels like the people who are making the call now or that email now they're it's sort of an impulsive decision to, um, call you that it's not like this is something that they've done a whole lot of thinking about, you know, maybe they're perusing, looking at pictures of something. And then my ad pops up in the side panel Whereas somebody who is more serious, they've got a you know decent sized project, they've got a reasonable budget. This is somebody that's going to be doing a little bit more research and more thought because design is very personal and you know you're spending a lot of money and you want for me, I know if I was gonna hire somebody, I would want to research this person and get a sense of their personality and their style and what kind of projects have they done. Um, and even though they can see my portfolio on that website, there's just so much more on my on my own website and on my own website, there is a call to action that is to book a call with me. And that's really what I want people to do. That is not to say that. And I do ask, how did you find me? Um, but most of the time for me, if they, cause I thought to myself, well, maybe they found me on, but then they went to my website and they did their research and then they contacted me um, through the, you know, book a call thing, which is how I really want them to, to reach out. But I did ask, you know, how did, how did you hear about us? Um, so 
that's just my theory. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, but every, everybody that did that, how did you hear about us? It was like word of mouth, Highlands mommies, you know, other sources, Google. So uh, I, I just, you want to know what I did? I did something terrible. I'm a terrible human. Hey, what did you do? <laughs> I wanted out of that contract so bad that I changed my credit card. <laughs> so I couldn't charge me anymore. I'm like, screw this. I'm not taking these calls anymore. <laughs> You guys can't see my face right now, but Kate. that's how bad I wanted out of it. Okay. So I'm going to say that Kate is probably recommending this is not the best investment. I, now like you I know said, why we keep the names out. I haven't done it. I am not planning to, therefore I don't feel that I should strongly say do it or not. For me, I am spending my marketing dollars in other places. Google ads is one, you know, just Google keyword stuff. There's there's other things. This could be great. If you're in some online Facebook communities for designers, and there are a ton of really great active ones with smart people who are very open to sharing, do some searching, look through the archives. You're going to find lots of insights from other designers who are not on a podcast and not afraid to throw some names around. (laughs) So go do your, go do your homework is what I would suggest. And try not, if you do decide to do it, annual contract can be a little bit scary and it is a big investment. So just think carefully before you commit to an annual thing, especially right now when things are unstable financially. And they're going to tell you, well, you can't just do a one month because you need more time than that to start to see results. It's like, okay, well then give me a three months and I'll test it out, but I'm not signing a year contract. Yeah. Preach it sister. That's good. Sell your soul. I will say just real quick before we move on to the next question, just a couple of quick ideas for some free options for you. Um, I, Again, don't know how great they would work depending on lots of different factors, but I know our local design center here. Yay, I'm back in a city with a design center. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the past episodes, I, Leslie and I met in Waco, um, and we've both since moved to different cities. <laughs> so she's in the Atlanta area, and I'm back in Denver. So City Life, I'm here. They have a design center, and they also have a designer database. So um if you have a local design center, see if they have a database of designers. Um, you can do free options there. There's lots of other ways to do it. Boom. Awesome. Stevie, thank you for your question. We thank you, Stevie. so, so appreciate you. And our next question comes from Stacey. All people named Stevie are really cool people. Just well, like, they are chill, cool, you know, want to be your friend. Anyway, Stevie. I bet Stacy's cool too. Let's hear from Stacy. Stacy is cool. So her question is: I know that you've both mentioned working with a business coach. I would love to hear more about how you found the right coach, the process, how much it cost, how it helped your business, what you didn't like and regrets. That's a great question, Stacy. Tools you received, group coaching or individual, phone or Skype communication style, what information they wanted, etc. Basically, any yeah, (laughs) seriously, any and all information that is good and bad to know. Stacy, that is an amazing. Question, question, especially because I know a lot of you amazing listeners have reached out to Kate and I because we both offer business coaching in different ways. So this is definitely something that is awesome and beneficial. And not only do Kate and I coach and mentor people, we have definitely also hired other coaches and mentors along the way too. So I Kate, you want to kick us off? Add, I should add up how much money I've spent on coaches over the years. Well, all I know is that when I got out of design school and then I went to work for a big architecture firm, like I was doing, 
one thing all the time. I was doing drawings and specifying all the time. I had no idea what a chart of accounts was. I had no idea what any, I didn't know anything about running a business. I had to learn everything from scratch and I, and sales, like I had to learn how to sell my services in a way that felt authentic to me. So I have worked with a sales coach, a business coach, a money coach, and I am, it's actually a course, but it's a copywriting, um, course, but she's got coaching built into it a little bit. So I've done all the coaching and I've had a wonderful experience with every single one of them. I have not had a bad experience. I have learned so much. They hold the thing I love the most about coaches is they really will hold you accountable and help get you from where you are right now. Vision. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And then break it down. How do we get there? And taking what feels like this really big ball of wax and figuring out how to break it down into bite-sized manageable pieces. I mean, think about any journey that you've done, whether it's, you know, raising kids or getting through college or building a house or doing your first project, like nothing happens at once. It's a journey and a good coach is going to help you on that journey, take you from the thing you're struggling with to where you want to be ideally. So, um, I could talk about this all day. Um, <laughs> I've done the well, group with individual coaching and in in all of it. Let's start so. with how we found our coaches because I think people want to know how to even find someone that's the right fit. Because we might have listeners that want to coach with us. Awesome, we love you. Let's talk. But there's probably people that maybe we're not the right fit. And there's so many amazing coaches and mentors and teachers out there. So how did you find your very first coach, Kate? Oh, I'm sure. I don't even know. It was Kendrick Shope, um, which we should mention in the notes. Um, she is a sales coach. I'm pretty sure I Googled her. Um, she does a, does a course called um, Authentic Selling. And that was a group coaching uh, where she was coaching a bunch of people at once in, in live calls. Um, and then she had like Q and a sessions. So that was a great format. It was, it was almost course like, cause it wasn't ongoing. Although there was a group after that, that you could maintain stay in. Um, I did, I Googled all of them. I will, I found through Googling. Um, that was the best investment I've ever made was that sales, um, course. And I've taken a lot of what I've learned from these coaches and implemented it into things like the podcast and working with my, my clients and then putting them on the designers Oasis blog. Um, but really having a good coach is going to help you stay accountable. And then it was a business coach that I found actually from you because you were working with her and then I started working with her. We've uh, shared a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we, have, we have, um, that was Nancy Gansikoffer who we love, love her. Um, and she was great. Um, so I did, I started out with group coaching with her, um, I enjoyed the group coaching very much. Um, we had a group of four designers in there and that was a lot of fun. Um, but then I eventually moved to one-on-one mostly for selfish reasons. I wanted to like get down to the point right, right away and just talk about what it is I was dealing with and work directly with Nancy. Obviously that cost more money. Um, so I did that for a little while and then eventually it was a money coach because I felt like I, um, and that was Jenny Carlson, Financials for Creatives. Um, we'll link to all of these in the show notes. She was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I hired her because... So I'm the, I like the show um, 
The Prophet on MSNBC, such a great show. Um, he goes in and makes over businesses and, um, I didn't feel like I was failing financially, but I just felt like the money was so complicated and it was so like all over the place. I didn't have like a bird's eye view of the money in a way that made sense to me in my brain. I'm such a visual person. (laughs) And so, and I get it. I've got QuickBooks and stuff. And so I needed her to help me. Like, how do I look at my money? How do I visually look at it? How do I organize it? How do I plan for certain things? And so she really helped me get that all clear. And also, and I'll be very honest and also to help shed some, you know, habits and limiting beliefs that I'd had from just my background and growing up. So I I don't, you know, I grew up and I'll just make this real quick, um, basically in poverty. I mean, we were poor growing up. Um, my mom wasn't always poor. She grew up in a very well-to-do family. (laughs) Um, but you know, life happened, things changed for her. Um, so it was a very weird, um, experience with money. And so I had developed bad habits, uh, in some ways I could make money, but I could also spend it. <laughs> and so that was super helpful to kind of get some clarity there. So, um, I love coaches. I've learned so much from yeah. them. That's awesome. I love that you just Googled it and found great people because I don't think I've found a single coach that way. So I love that we have different perspectives on this. So the first coach I worked with was Kim Cutable of Me By Design. She is kind of a visibility and branding coach. I guess if I had to sort of package it for designers. Guys, when I first started this business, I didn't even know coaching existed. Like I was a green little baby just plugging along and I was having an email conversation with a designer friend from Toronto and she mentioned, Oh, do you know this coach? Blah, blah, blah. She lives in your area. I was in Los Angeles at the time. And it was just like one of those, Holy smokes. Like that's a thing. I can talk to someone and they can help me do this. And so, you know, we any category in the world, anything that you're struggling with, you can find a coach on that specific thing. Yep. And so we started working together. I remember our, our first sort of discovery initial phone call. And I mean, she said something to me that just like, slapped me in the face in the best way possible. And I was like, oh yeah, I want to work with this chick. That's awesome. And so that was a six month intensive. I do. It was, I had a, I, yes, I'm about to, I have a story. So I, you guys might know if you've read my blogs, we've mentioned it before. I took a year off when I was 25 to do music ministry. So I gave up work. I got rid of my apartment where I met my husband, my little rock and roll, cute nerd doctor husband. And Where is it? Now I'm distracted. I'm like, oh, he's got nice arms. Okay, back to this. So met my husband. <laughs> and oh gosh, what was I even talking about, Kate? I seriously just got so distracted. There we go. And <laughs> while I was doing this year of ministry, I led a team overseas to Taiwan of musicians. And one of the guys on my team, I was 26 at the time. And one of the guys on my team was like 19 or 20. Like most of them were high school and college age that went with us. And you know, uh, three, four years later, one of the guys from my team who I'd led, you know, as a teenager overseas wanted to hire me for something. And I just remember having this feeling like I didn't know what to charge. I didn't know how to do it. Like, he's just a young guy. I can't charge him money. And I was kind of like spinning over that. And I was sharing that with her on our call. And she's like, Leslie, your client's money story is none of your business. Exactly. And I've mentioned those words on the show before and they were so impactful because it's so easy for me to think I know. She's like, 
Mark Zuckerberg. He's I just because that is yeah. a, that is one that I've that was and it was that moment where I was like, take my money and help me run a business because that's the kind of stuff I need to hear. So Kim was my first coach. I did a couple of sessions or not sessions uh, programs with her. What was her name again? Kim Cutable. Her business is Me by Design, and we'll link all that in the show notes. She's rad. She's sassy. I like her. And. I think after that, it was Nancy Ganzakoffer. And what happened, how I found her was listening to Luann Nigera's A Well-Designed Business podcast. Discovered that. I loved it. I was on, I was episode 37. I was on it. Like I discovered it really early on. I love it. And Nancy has been a guest many times on that show. And I loved her. And I reached out to her and we clicked and she was a great coach. I think I worked with her for about a year and a half, mostly one-on-one. And then when we kind of outgrew things, I moved to a group session and then, you know, that sort of ran its course. I will say Kate and I have both mentioned like wrapping up with coaches and starting with someone new. It certainly does not mean that something was wrong or bad or unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. I feel like with coaching, that person is your mentor and your guide for a season and for a reason mm-hmm. to get you through a certain hurdle, a certain time period. Coaching with one person, I don't think is something that really goes on indefinitely. Definitely. So don't be afraid to sort of try a six month program with somebody or month by month, or if they have a course or something where you can kind of do something for a defined period of time learn what you can learn from them. And if you outgrow them, it is okay to move on. You're not hurting anybody's feelings by kind of moving on to the next thing that's out there for you. Absolutely. I think it's very natural and normal for you to outgrow your, your coach at times. And you might work with them for six months or six years, but you know, it's not uncommon to outgrow. And I know, Stacy, one of the questions had to do with cost, and I certainly don't want to be divulging any information that would be proprietary. All I'm going to say about cost is it's going to be more expensive than you think it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. I it's have... an investment just like we are to hire for people, yeah, and it is it... worth every, every forking penny. penny. Yeah. I gulped the first time because I had to borrow that money from ourselves. Um, the first time I, when I worked with yeah. Kendrick and I was like, Oh my Grandma gosh, died and I used my inheritance. <laughs> That's afforded a coach. She would be proud. I, um, I, I mean, it felt like so much money to me at the time, but I have made that money back over like 10 or more fold. Um, and ideally, you know, that's what you'll, you'll get out of your experience with, with who you, who you work with. I have a question for you before we go on to the next thing. Okay. Um, not, you don't have to necessarily answer who would be your next coach, but if you were to hire, what would be your next coach? What would be the topic or what would be the grow or expand in? That's an awesome question because I, I think about this a lot. So I have done, you know, besides Kim and Nancy, I have worked with a couple other people, one-on-one group mentorship and masterminds. Um, online was another one I did. I did Toby Fairley's design you for a bit and it was great. It was just kind of ran its course for me. Um, what I've actually been wanting to do is more, it will obviously help my business, but more on the personal side. And that is coaching with Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School. I love her podcast. Oh. I have wanted to join the Life Coach School, but because it's more of a personal coaching thing, I haven't felt right about running it through my business. So 
I'm going to wait for the right time for that. Another thing I've really been wanting to learn more about, which is where you started. So it's funny that I'm only getting here now, five and a half years into business, is learning more about sales and specifically selling as an introvert. Mm. And that being said, I recently discovered a book called The Introvert's Edge. Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm, if you're on my Biz Tip Monday emails, I've got a brand new consultation call script coming out and a recommendation for that book. Um, probably around the time this show airs. And anyway, I'm loving his content. He's got an online course that goes along with the book I've been taking. It's not one-on-one mentorship, but it is a way to be mentored by somebody who's an expert. And so for me, it is sales and then hopefully diving into just mindset with the Life Coach School. That's kind of my next um, investment I want to make. How about you? Absolutely. I will answer that question. I just want to tag on to something you just said first. Um, While we very much appreciate and advocate hiring a coach at some point in your business, I think it makes sense um, for just about anybody. But if it feels like too big of a leap to do one-on-one coaching just yet, um, some of the other ways, like you mentioned, that you can get coaching is um, to do group coaching, um, consuming podcasts and or books and or um, YouTube YouTube coaches. group coaching with like peer to peer coaching, um, with each other, um, which Leslie and I have done for years. Um, mm-hmm. like a mastermind group would be another yeah. word you might hear for that. Or courses, you know, there, there might be mm-hmm. a course that can help you get through some, some area that you're trying to work on. So, um, I will tell you that the one-on-one, the growth is, has been exponential for me. And I agree. Experience. My favorite is one-on-one. And and I expect my mentees to have that same experience with me because I know it's an investment. Um, but those are some ways, if you're not quite there yet, to um, to get coaching without working one-on-one. But it never hurts to get on the phone and call somebody because that's usually how it starts is with a complimentary um, call to, to talk about. So if you find somebody that you like and you are afraid it might be too much money, don't hesitate to contact them because it might not be as much as you think. Um, yep. it, probably, it probably won't be though. <laughs> or sometimes, or sometimes they have payment plans, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, just don't let that stop you. Just get the information you have it. And then if eventually you are ready for it, then you can do it that way. So I'll tell you a coach that I would be interested in hiring really soon is, um, someone to help me with doing video because I, I know the importance of working or using video and I, and I'm, I've got so much content planned for designers Oasis. And I know that getting it out there in video is going to be really helpful. I, I don't necessarily think of myself as an introvert, except when the camera is turned on, I just get, I clam up. Uh, I say a lot of ums. I, you know, sometimes fumble over my word. I'm just not the most poised on camera. And I think I overthink things and I let it get the best of me, but, um, I would like to be better at just being myself, being more natural on camera. And I know that there's people that, that do that. So I love that. That's great. I'm total weirdo on camera. Okay. Practice Good man. Question, Stacy. Yep. And I want to mention as we wrap up that question, 
I mean, we, you guys know Kate and I both coach and mentor. If you ever have one-on-one questions for us, please don't hesitate to reach out. You're not wasting our time. You're not bothering us. We'd love to chat with you and help you, even if we're not the right person, help direct you to someone that might be an awesome fit. So feel and free to reach out. And if you have a question, out. submit it to the Q&A. Maybe we'll answer it like we are today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our last question today comes from Christy. I love this question. How do you diplomatically tell clients you can't work indefinitely on their power? Outer room refresh in air quotes. <laughs> yes, girlfriend. I know this is, and it cracks me up. Good question. Yeah, because I think this is one of those things where, and I, I find this kind of scope creep comes out more when I'm helping out a friend, a family member, someone that I've chosen not to charge them. I'm doing it as a favor, mm-hmm. and I feel like that lack of boundaries makes it a toilet bowl project. Like the whole thing is just in the crapper. (laughs) It's a disaster. But that aside, let's pretend it's a real project with real money. Yeah. Yeah. How do you handle this, Kate? Because this is so tricky because a little, it's, you know, a little project, especially if your flat fee doesn't sound like it's going to take a lot of time. And then when clients are dragging their feet, changing their mind, blah, 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 one little refresh can go on and eat up all your profit. So how have you handled this before? Or has it happened to you before? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay. So if you're already in the situation, there are ways that I think you can talk about it, but I think more importantly is try to figure out how to prevent that from happening in the future. And, you know, if they are flat fee, you need to have a really black and white, clear as day scope of work and what's included so that if and when things come up that are outside of that scope, you are charging hourly. You um, send an invoice to a client for their every little um, tiny question or change or flip-flopping on decisions <laughs> and you start to bill them for that, then that is one way to diplomatically tell your clients that <laughs> you're done. Um, if you are hourly, make sure that you're charging for every little little thing and reminding them like, you know, are you sure this is like, we need to make decisions and move on, but um, yeah. so setting yourself up from the beginning so that whether you're flat free or hourly, it's very clear what's included so that there isn't really room to work on it indefinitely. Um, you know, or, um, you know, eventually you have a rate increase and you, you know, I've, I've worked with a client. She became, she's a dear friend of mine now. Um, I love her to death, but she knows she painted my butt too. <laughs> she was, she, I worked on this project with her should have taken about eight or nine months for like two years. And, um, my rate had changed like twice since I had started working with her. And finally when she was like, and then I was thinking about doing some, like something random in that same room. And I was like, (laughs) sweetheart, yes, that's fine. We can do that. I just want you to know that my new rate, which has been my new rate for months now is like, whatever it was, it was way higher than what she had been paying. I was like, so are you cool with that? And she was like, um, I don't think I need it that bad. (laughs) Cause it was just, you know, not anything major for that project. So I guess what I'm trying to say, I haven't answered the question in my opinion on how to diplomatically answer it. I've just been trying to talk about how to prevent it because Christy, to be honest, this is hard. It is. And I think, you know, we have tendency to be people pleasers, client pleasers. And of course we don't want to say no to a client and, but there, there can be a point where 
you are literally losing money working on a dragging project and it's not good for you, for your energy level, for your morale, for your company. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like Kate said earlier, you know, next time, better boundaries from the start. That is a, a great solution. But when you're in the middle of it, I think it could be a conversation like, you know, hey, client, blah, blah, blah. Just so you know, I have this, this, and this coming up in the next few weeks. We need to wrap this up by this date for a best result. Otherwise, we need to put things on hold, you know, or, you know, I need decisions in this time frame. I've been waiting weeks to hear back from you and it's causing things to drag and I have taken other projects on. There's ways to do it where you can kind of gently remind them of the boundaries and the value of your time. Mm-hmm. And what's going to be hard to do is have that conversation because it's so easy for us to say, of course, whatever you want, whenever you're ready. And really that's not true. No. <laughs> and if you have a deadline or need to wrap things up, you know, you have a rate increase or you have a, a time commitment or mm-hmm. whatever reason there are, look, make constraints, mm-hmm. make real constraints so that you can communicate that to your client and help them either decide to wrap up or whatever you need to do to stop it being an indefinite project. Because I have been there and when it's not hourly, it just like, it's like nails on a chalkboard every time you get an email from them. Cause you're like, I just don't want to talk to you. Like I'm losing money and this isn't fun and I hate it. And you, your, your heart cannot be there guys while you're trying to create and do amazing things and serve people. Exactly. So, well, and it distracts you from, from other projects too. Um, one habit I've gotten into that could be helpful is every single time you give a client a deliverable, you give them a deliverable with a deadline for feedback. So if I deliver a concept package on Friday, I tell them that I need to have comments back within, depends on the size of the project, a very small project, I would say by next Wednesday, you know, so it gives them the weekend and then a couple of days. Um, if it's a much larger project, I would give them, you know, a week. Um, they don't need more time than that for a concept design, which I don't present in person. So that, um, always tie your deliverable with a deadline for feedback. Then again, I do that when I serve, when I give them the design presentation, of course they make a lot of decisions in person and sign off and agree on things, but there's often going to be a handful of things where they're uncertain um, and you need to give them a deadline for when to get that feedback by if if I have reselections that I have submitted to a client and said, here are some reselections for X, Y, and Z. I appreciate your feedback by X date so that we can continue to stay on, on track um, and hold them accountable to those, to those deadlines. And I'm constantly reminding clients, um, you know, I have, you are in my schedule and in my calendar for this amount of time. And I have other clients that are waiting for me to start on these dates. And so, you know, if through no fault of my own, if you cause the project to get delayed, this is much easier to do during the design process than implementation when you're in construction and so many things are out of your hands, right? But at least during that design phase, you know, if through no fault of my own, the project gets delayed, um, you know, you may have to be put on a wait list if we've had to move on um, to other projects. Um, you know, but I do that with grace because things happen. Apparently pandemics happen. Um, (laughs) so, so that's a thing, you know, if tragedy strikes or something happens that, you know, causes a client's project to go on hold, um, 
I am as, um, I try to be as understanding as possible and, and work with them in whatever way I can. Um, yeah. And construction though is hard. I mean, there's just so many things that are outside of our hands and, and we do our best to keep things on track. Um, but yeah, flip flopping and down the line can be very costly for a client. And I always just try to tie it to money and that usually gets things back on track. <laughs> I like that. Good. Well, Stevie, Stacy, and Christy, thank you. Those are great questions. I hope those were helpful answers. And like we mentioned earlier, we always want to hear your questions. We love to tackle them every 10 episodes. So you can email us at hello at designersgettingcoffee.com or on our website, we've got a handy new form you can fill out to send in a question. So please, please do that. Um, we mentioned at the end of last season, we were going to start sharing one cool thing we've discovered every week at the end of the podcast, Yay! just for fun, get to, know, get to know us a little better and some of the things that we are digging. So before we go, Kate, what's one cool thing you're, you're into this week? Well, um, I actually got these samples right before we moved and I recently unboxed them and it was like getting them all over again. And it was so exciting. Um, but I had this designer reach out to me and ask if she could send us some fabric and wallpaper samples. And I was like, sure. And then they showed up and I was like, Oh my God, these are so gorgeous. So anyway, her name is Savannah Hayes. Um, if you guys have all heard of her already, sorry, I'm late to the game, but if you haven't go check her out, it's Savannah S A V A N N A H. Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. We'll put the link in the resources, but she has the most beautiful fabrics and wallpapers. She even has pillows and throws and other things. Apparently she also has a podcast too. So all around sounds like a kick-ass chick, um, but I'm digging this Nairobi sable Belgian linen. I'm thinking about doing this for some drapery in my house. So anyway, Savannah Hayes, beautiful. Go find her. She's got great stuff. I love it. What is your favorite thing of the week, girlfriend? Uh, well, I'm just kind of celebrating with some good news. And given that Ooh. I've been alone in my house with two children and <laughs> not being around peers, it's nice to be able to sort of share it with people. Two things. Number one, thank you, government. I got my small business loan, which is <laughs> such a relief. I know so many people have struggled yeah. getting the EIDL or the PPP loan. There's so much going on. It's also confusing, but grateful that I've somehow figured out how the heck to do it. And it's just nice to know that there's a buffer to sort of keep things going. And it's uh -huh. just, I'm, I'm really grateful. Uh, not a super fan of our current government, but grateful for this. So that that's good. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> to be diplomatic here. Um, another big celebration, you guys, is I have had a couple of milestones of growing my email lists. And one of them I hit this week, and that's a list of a thousand people. That feels yes. I know that's not a big list in the grand scheme of the oh world. Oh my gosh, that's huge. But that feels huge that's to me to have milestone. that. Like you guys. A thousand different people want to hear from me every week. Like that blows my mind that they trust me. They want information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was emailing and handling things the same way when I had 50 people on my list. Yep. So I think it's such an important thing to be appreciative of the people that are there, whether your list is a hundred people or a thousand or a hundred thousand, but it just feels really good to keep growing and sharing about design and busting out of boring and yeah. just grow this thing and make it amazing. So I'm just, I guess I'm patting myself on the back a little this week, but it feels nice to share that. And it just feels really good. Yay. I love it. You know what I miss? Hmm. 
High fives and hugs. No, like, oh my God. I want to give you a big old high five and a hug right now. I know. Virtual. Well, when it's safe to travel, you better believe I'm coming to Denver and you are going to drag your butt to Georgia and it'll be good. In the winter. Sure. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to come to you in the summer and you come here. This is perfect. Gosh. Can't believe we didn't think about this. Excellent. Anyway, guys, that's a lot of rambling. Thank you for coming back with us for season four. It's going to be good. So, so good. Have a good week. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Go find business and make some money and send us your questions. Awesome. I feel really out of practice of doing this. I'm like, how do we end this thing? How do we wrap I know. up? Uh, <laughs> bye. See you. See you next week. <laughs> it's like, I've never done this before. All right. Y'all take care. Bye. Bye guys. Hey designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple podcasts so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback and are so grateful that you're sharing the show with your designer friends. For more designers getting coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designers getting coffee.